Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back, everybody. It is what? Max, what hour is this? Power hour! That's right, the power hour, and we kick it off with the Wexinator. Brought to you, Steel City Insiders. Wexinator, Jim Wexel. How you doing, Wex? We're all pumped up here, baby. Oh, my goodness. Tone down the caffeine, brother. <laughs> what can I say, man? I'm, I am fiend out. All right? I'm ready to I, rock and roll. I'm truly honored uh, for the energy you put into that. Really. I'm, you know how I love that nickname. Absolutely. Yeah, it works, man. I, I like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Max, did you get your book? Yes, I did. Thank you very much. I got it yesterday. But Wolf um, did not get it, did he? No, I didn't. What happened? Because I told them I would hand deliver it to you oh. because you wrote the foreword and it's so special to me. Oh, and okay. Here I am giving it to you after the fact. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. that's what good friends do. You know, you you give yeah, it to them exactly. sooner, later, thereabouts. But it's yeah. all because we're all we we're all buds. We're good. So let me ask you, Wex, Mr. Wexinator, Mr. (laughs) No, no, not Mr. You're taking the luster off. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. It's just the Wexinator. Okay, the Wexinator, (laughs) yes. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to. The takes place of Mr. Okay, I got you. (laughs) Thank you, Max. You are right on. (laughs) I I, I stand corrected. So what was your take on the Chase Claypool, William Jackson, the third trades? What would say you? How can you not like it? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe it indelibly stamps them as rebuilding. Oh, but yeah. I mean, okay. you know, we don't use that. This is reloading, though, right? I mean, we, I, I we, know. Yeah. Yes, that was my headline today. I, I, <laughs> I, I cut rebuild and, and stopped and went er reloading. But Claypool's pretty good player. You know, let's give him his due. Yes, he, he might have been playing out of position here, uh, but he was still uh, a weapon in the slot even though he's a uh, he's a go ball guy right oh i think so and and i think pickens is 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 a better go ball guy yeah so uh i also believe i you know when i was writing my column i i thought of you wolf Uh-oh. and how much you like their two tight end look oh yeah and so there's that and i was complaining in my post game column that they're not using Derek watt enough 
And so there's he and him and Connor Hayward. So there are other guys beyond, you know, Calvin Austin's next year. But there are other guys uh, that they don't need three big-time expensive wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got Calvin Austin's going to come back next year. I get that. And, you know, Steven Sims, Miles Boykin, even Gunner uh, can help out at that slot position. But I, I, I like with you, uh, Wolf, I like their two tight ends, and I like those two H-backs who need more time, and this will help that. So not totally rebuilding by getting rid of Claypool, and you, you make up for that. You could say, hey, why would we be uh, bringing in a 30-year-old corner if we we're rebuilding? But, um, that's man. That's uh, reloading. <laughs> well, yeah. that's also a need. And, you know, William Jackson was a the guy they loved. Yeah. In 2016, I believe, was the draft. And the Bengals snatched him one pick ahead of the Steelers. And the Steelers took Artie Burns. Yeah. So uh, that didn't work. So, uh, you know, they watched William Jackson play man at Cincinnati, and he played well enough to get a nice contract in free agency from the Redskins, who did not play him in man. Mm. And he is struggling, and he is, one of, uh, by pro football focus, one of the worst uh, corners this season. Uh, but, he's you know, he's playing cover three over there. And uh, okay. that's the, uh, you know, the Steelers are playing – there, I saw two estimates. One says the second most man coverage snaps in the NFL. Another one was fifth most. But e- either way, they're they're one of the uh, most predominantly man coverage teams, or cover one. Mm-hmm. You know, Minka back there, um, uh, in the uh, in the NFL. And so, obviously, what we saw last week, their man corners are not getting the job done. So uh, William Jackson, who has struggled and was probably going to get cut now gets a new lease on life to go play his more natural position with the team he was supposed to be with in the first place. <laughs> I like how you brought that all around, back right back to the source. <laughs> well, also, uh, just one uh, other thing about that. It's a uh, swap of sixth and seventh. So the Steelers trade their sixth, and you think, well, a rebuilding team will be drafting high. That's a high sixth, and the Redskins are going to be good someday. So you figure that's a low seventh. That could be a big swap. But it's in 2025, so oh. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't plan for the future, Wex. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> no. you know, I, I, I don't know how old you are, Max, but Wolf and I. We're, we're old, man. Hey, <laughs> all I know is I am a walking dumpster fire. I'm not worrying about 2025. <laughs> yeah. you know, just today is enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, in the reloading and rebuilding phase, uh, those are, are, are it's a good day. And, you know, Claypool was taken 49th, and right now that pick is 43. And that number keeps coming up in times of trouble. Right. Yeah, and, um, you know, they've. Uh, I, I went through my column, some of the uh, guys they've drafted around there. Uh, Dermani Dawson was a 44. Chad Brown was a 44. Mm. Um, Jack Lambert was 46. Um, Lamar Woodley was 46. Uh, there's a couple other names, you know, big Le'Veon Bell. So that's the kind of player you can get there. And now they have, if you, if the, if the draft were held today, they would have picks four, um, 30, like five or six, maybe 36. Four thirty-six and forty-three. Not bad. 
Not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Not, not even close. Not even close. Um, you, William Jackson the third, Wex. Um, mm-hmm. We know we you know he got benched. There were some back issues and everything else, and obviously pending clear, clearing the physical, he would he would probably have gotten that worked out. I mean, how appropriate was this? And this is something you know Steelers acquiring during the trade deadline as well as you know making a sale. Uh, can you just talk to us about your thoughts about William Jackson and why? Well, you know, I, I think Akello Witherspoon answered that Sunday. Yes. I mean, uh, the young man is uh, in position. He's got all the length and limb and speed. Turn the head around. Turn the head around yeah. and make the play. I don't know if uh, Mike Tomlin has seen enough. Or I don't know if Cam Sutton's injured. I, I think he's got a nick or so- something's up. Well, James Fear got nicked up too, you know? Right, right. And uh, uh, so, and, and again, uh, he's a man cover guy, and the Steelers are playing a lot of man, press man with, with their cover one. So, uh, and I like that. I've always, you know, that, that cover three of Dick LeBeau used to drive me crazy. And, <laughs> and I could never say that or write that because he's Dick LeBeau. Right. That's, that's all you need. It's Dick LeBeau. All right. I mean, that's, that's just the way. I love when Tomlin <laughs> said that that one time in the press conference, you know, about communication. He goes, it's Dick LeBeau. All right, that's it. Yeah. End, end of story. Right. All right, let me right. let me ask you this. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. Do we, and all three of us, we can chime in here and get our, our thoughts on it, but Jalen Warren has been pushing more and more towards earning. And I don't mean it's not about taking him away from, from Najee, but he's earning more reps in some of in his play. Now, some of it was mitigated by the fact that you got in the second half, he gets runs, uh, you know, in ob- obvious uh, – third down situations where they're just they're playing the first down marker and everything so it, it, that may help may not I, I i like this kid but at the same time when i listen to Najee, you know i you want to make sure you keep this guy going forward this guy's got oodles of talent and you've got to find a way to get this guy untracked and let him run with that same sort of power and intensity that we've seen last year and to me, some of the blocking schemes, I think, rather than some of this bend, bang, and bounce type of zone blocking schemes, he needs some more of that man, you know, the the, the down, the you know, the, the pin and pull series, more of the, the straight line, more things where it's about the acceleration and banging through people than it is about then running away from people. Oh, Wolf, you know, you know a lot more about football than I do. But uh, that little swing pass he caught, I think it was a third down pass. He just had trouble getting out of his juke. I mean, back and forth and back and forth, and then then he's tackled. He's overthinking it. Yeah, I don't. Or he just doesn't have the um, what's the word? Not burst, but uh, the quick twitch. I wonder. Was it there last year? I mean, his average was only three point nine, and I remember him having some big games. So. Maybe it's, you know, we talked about the foot. We've talked about the added weight. Uh, possibly he overtrained because he's that kind of guy. But Jalen Warren has got the burst. And that's what you need at that position. You know, uh, you, you pointed to the offensive line, and I, I can only help but think if they would have drafted Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson last year instead of Najee, then a guy like Najee could do better. I, I just think they should have built the offensive line. Uh, so, 
those are my thoughts on that. And I would, uh, I say, you know, as a writer, I uh, say, you know, play, play Jalen Warren. As a coach, where my livelihood depends on that decision, I'm not so sure I could pull the trigger that quickly. Yeah. What do you say, Max? Well, I, I think I think even more so, Wolf. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's the power and the just anger that he runs with as well. Who are we talking about? And, talk about Jalen Warren. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that I've always, you know, and, and we noticed it right immediately. We noticed that Jalen Warren was just that guy. That he just there was something from training camp on, and for Najee, like Najee's style is a little bit more patient, but I feel like he's thinking a little bit too much yes. instead of just reacting and just taking what is given in the moment, not anticipating what's gonna happen, you know, or what he wants to happen um, in, in in a given play. And with this offense, we need that type of. When we're talking about trying to generate explosive plays. It's more reaction, and then you hammer, 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 and then eventually things break open. And I thought that Jalen has done a better job of bringing the hammer as opposed to waiting on where to use the hammer. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. It, it's more – you more have to kind of go straight whack-a-mole style right now <laughs> <laughs> versus just that traditional sit back and I'm waiting for it. Well, these two came up, so this one has to come next. No, treat it like a three-year-old. Just grab the mallet and just start banging around. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. right. Boom, 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 boom. And I feel like Jalen kind of brings that, and, and that's the spark we kind, of, we kind of look for. And then, you know, with the offense as, in general, you know, and this one I'll ask you, Wax, it's just when we're looking at how Canada's crafted this offense, and there is some nuance to it. There is some creativity. Where's the verticality in this offense, Wex? Where is, you know, that's where I'm looking at. And, you know, I sent it to Wolf, um, the next-gen stats, was that we only hit the middle of the field twice. And, again, they were very short passes. Um, we had Alvaro Martin on yesterday, our Spanish uh, play-by-play guy for, for the Steelers. And Alvaro pointed out something that <clears throat> Canada's throwing – you know, his, his routes and the way that he crafts his offense, it's safe. There's no running catch. There's run, there's running get tackled. There's run and fall out of bounds. But there's no running catch. And you know there's what? Not v- enough. Viva no. la Mexico for Alvaro making the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I was, I was like, pointed, pointed statements. I mean, do you see it that way? Like, wh- where do you see the potential for explosive plays that actually lead with yak versus the actual just catch being the explosive play. Right. Um, for one, I think they're a little nervous about going over the middle with Pickett, and Pickett might be nervous going over the middle too. I don't know that uh, the routes haven't been uh, – the routes are there, it seems. It didn't uh, Wasn't Pickens leading the NFL in go balls? Yeah. Go ball routes? He, he had go routes. Yeah. And uh, so, Deontay was four. Yeah, uh, going into but the game. You, Let me say that going into this. Last you make game. a great point about the uh, uh, run after catch, and I have to um, beg off. I I don't know enough about scheming an offense to criticize this. It seems to be a common criticism, and the results are what. <laughs> I mean, we all see that. 
so very little run after the catch. And, you know, Deontay's pretty good with that. And so I don't know. Getting Claypool off the field might open it up a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> He's so big. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. I, I I have trouble following the lynch mob when it comes to offensive coordinators. I, I kind of resist that knee-jerk reaction because yeah. it seems to be the go-to. You know, before it used to be the O-line coach used to get the, get all of it. Uh, I remember uh, it, in oh, my yeah. book, there's in my book, there's an incidence of uh, Dan Radakovich moving from um, <laughs> defensive bad. line to O-line. He was going to coach the O-line for a time in his life. He was at the senior bowl, and Judden came up to him and said, I hear you're coaching the O-line this year, Rad. And I said, yeah, I got some ideas. I talked Chuck into it. And Madden goes, I don't know why you do that. You know the O-line coach gets blamed for everything. <laughs> Well, that seems like the offensive coordinator. I don't think they knew who the offensive coordinators were those days. Uh, uh, now they get blamed for everything. So I hesitate to follow the mob on that, uh, especially with a rookie quarterback. You're not sure what he's doing right. He's doing those guys behind the scenes. And when it comes to whether he should be fired or not, I, you know, Mike Tomlin sure knows better than I what's going into Better the than all meetings. of us. You exactly. Know, it, it, yeah. That's – that's the point I wanted to make when we – I got it in my notes here, and I just I didn't pull it out at all. But I remember when they came after Tom Moore in the 80s, all right, towards the end part of the 80s. And look at what Tom Moore's done. Tom Moore has I been know. significant in three of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever uh, laced up shoes in the NFL. The guy is a, a monster. He is the quarterback whisperer. And yet, you know, the problem is, I think, do you think maybe because people play Madden like crazy in fantasy football, they think that they're also qualified to call plays? You know, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. You know, our film review guy isn't a big Canada fan, but he's not, you know, he's not carrying pitchforks. He's he's seen a lot of mistakes. He's seen, you know, the, the he, he wrote a note, about, you know, Claypool complained about we need more go balls. And my guy, he's a coach, he, he writes right. in, in our thing. He said, uh, Claypool, for, for one, should know a lot better than that because he ran 10 go routes in this game alone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to say. It seems like even the players will catch on. And yet when you're two and six, there's got to be someone else's fault, right? If you can subtly hint that it's the play calling and, you know, you, you're not blaming your head coach. You're just following the mob and say, "Hey, it seems to be easy, an easy guy to to, to uh, ridicule." So yeah. uh, I don't know. You know, I I went after BA. You know, and uh, I learned a lesson. The guy was pretty good, and I didn't think he was get, Ben was protected well enough, and so I criticized him. And she's so I've hesitated on these coordinators ever since because he was Bruce Arians was pretty good. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I think one last thing. What do you feel, Wex, and this is your thoughts about, you know, this bye week where where it, where it happened to come, I think was apropos. You know, you won in the middle of, of the season. Um, but the prospect of coming out of this bye and finally getting – potentially getting T.J. Watt back. I mean, what does that mean, you think, for the team and just for the morale – of Steelers Nation in general? 
the Wattenator. I mean, you didn't, <laughs> you don't, you don't really need me to tell you what this guy. Could you do. imagine I'll, if you were a defensive end on the other side, you could have the Wattenator and the Wexinator. My goodness, we could have a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'd be lucky if I could hold for Nick Skiba at Wake Forest. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um you know tj the game is at home right new orleans is coming here yeah correct yeah yes. i mean they're going to introduce him last i mean the pl- players are already going to be jacked up the crowd's just going to go nuts that's what it's going to do and and i'm going to talk to tj today and his coach about you know his 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 uh, pack. How's it? How's he doing? What's it, how's he going to limit? And I'm sure he'll tell me everything. But, yes. but uh, well, I'll, I'll get in that mob around TJ and get gather something. But it's exciting. And uh, you know, one other thing that I, I I wanted to talk about that I thought was a good sign out of this last game was the way Pickett um, begged for accountability. Kind of, he didn't point fingers. No, but he chewed. He chewed. He chewed people out. Whoever the people are, he didn't name them. But uh, things uh, had and to you shouldn't to name them. No, that's and, the thing. It, you call and people. That's a, up. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Ahead. But the, just the fact that he was taking that bulb by the proverbial horns yeah. as a rookie quarterback, he announced. I mean, he didn't have a great game, so it's hard. But that position demands it. Yeah. And he seemed like a natural. You know, I, I use my daughter as an example on your show, and her career is over, so you won't have to listen to any more of this. But she's a goalkeeper, and she's right. got to tell everyone what to do. And as a fifth-year senior, she has to chew people out to get on their marks. And when they started playing a freshman, she wondered why nobody came up to her and commiserated with her for a couple <laughs> games when she got benched. That's that's what a leader. That happens to a leader. People yeah. aren't really really your friends. You got to tell them what to do and get things done. You know, when it's all said and done, they'll look back with respect and and then they'll give you the the love that you need. But not not now. And I don't know. I doubt that Pickett uh, uh, inspired any anger. Among his no, teammates, I think but they, I just thought it was a great thing. I thought it was great. Exactly, exactly. All right, Wex, thank you so much. Wexinator, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. I appreciate you. I think you're spot on. Uh, this, this is going to be interesting. I'm excited for getting through this weekend. Everybody can relax, breathe, and all that good stuff, and then we get right back into it, and it'll be New Orleans, and it'll be uh, the Wattinator, with, with the Wexinator, next week we'll talk about it. Thank you so much, Wex, for joining us. Uh, thank you yeah, guys thanks, for having Wex. me. Appreciate right. you. That's, that's Steel City Insider Jim Wexel. And we'll be back with more after this. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wesley Euler here at the SNR Breaking News Desk. Folks, this could be a big one. Dan Snyder, of course, the owner of the Washington Commanders, has hired Bank of America Securities to help him sell the Washington Commanders, according to Forbes. Now, this could be a transaction for the entire team or just for a minority stake. 
but it looks like there could be an ownership shakeup coming in our nation's capital. I'm Wesley Euler at the SNR Breaking News Desk. Max and Wolf, back to you. Oh, do I love those news breaks. <laughs> they are tremendous. I they mean, are tremendous, aren't they? What do listen, you think we, about we that? For I mean, that is just... That, I mean, it, it was bound to happen. I think we were already leading down it had this to. road. This guy's it got so to. much, I don't know, there's so much junk going on there. It's amazing. Toxicity is uh, a little high there. Yeah. Just going to put it out there like that. But, I mean, when you look at this, that's now another major sale of a team. I mean, we had the Broncos this past off season, and now we're possibly going to have two sales, you know, within a calendar year. Um, if not within just a regular year's time frame. And I can't even imagine, you know, what that valuation is for Washington when we look at what the Broncos were worth. And and now you're talking about the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder. Um, It's interesting that, that, yeah, this is happening at this point. Because remember there was those threats, those veiled threats during the uh, yeah, owners' meetings? like I got you dirt know. on everybody else. Yeah, and, and Ursay coming out and say, talking about how there's, um, what was it, some something about integrity or something? Or yeah, there, there's I something. Know. I was like, of all people, Ursay. Yeah. Okay. And, and then you had Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones talking about, you know, fighting over Roger Goodell's salary and everything else. So, I mean, you know, there was some dysfunction, but it kind of, kind of, watered down this story but i think it was something that once it got started the ball had to get rolling but it will be interesting i like what west said there is is this a sale for the entire team or is this a sale for his portion of the team yeah um because that's a big difference because he does have investors um involved with that it's kind of similar to what we're going through out here with uh robert sarver and the phoenix suns okay so a similar situation where is it Sar- is it Sarver selling the entire team, or is there just a a, a deal that's going to be struck to buy his portion, and then his minority owner still gets to keep their stake in the team? But that's 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 very interesting and uh, very very um very weird timing, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Normally, this happens in the off season, right? When there's a lot lot less distractions out there as opposed to an NFL season going on. I thought it was really weird when Dan Snyder started making those semi-veiled threats like, you know, he's got all this insider info about other, other owners. I'm like going, why, why are you putting that out now? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You know? It, yeah. You know, I, I can understand if you're talking behind the scenes and stuff like that, but you're... I don't know. That was just very curious to me, and uh, kind of gave me one of those Myron hum ha moments, you know, where you yeah. just you're hum ha about the whole thing. But I will say this, you know, how about the fact that you got Jerry Jones? The NFL has been talking about finding Jerry Jones for wearing a Halloween costume that mimicked a blind referee. Now, I understand the NFL stands at times for no fun league. Okay. And, and let's just say there's a lot of other Jerry Jones things that you could sit there and say, okay, that wasn't cool. But going to a, a, a Halloween party or whatever it was with a, you know, a, a zebra striped shirt on with sunglasses and a walking cane. Now, come on. You, you can't be serious about that. Yeah. I, I, you know, there comes a point where I guess 
the jokes. But we're now in the age of social media, Wolf. Yep. You know, where people are going to see things are going to be hyper-reactionary. And because it was something that was photographed, um, (laughs) I think, and or videotaped, um, that's why it elicits a reaction. Because you know who Jerry Jones is. Right. Right. He's a prominent face in the NFL from the ownership side of it. And, you know, and he he went out there and, you know, the joke, whether – whether true or untrue, I will leave that up to the uh, court of public opinion. But, um, I mean, it's it, – come on. At some point, you know, there's some free time. And a blind ref, I mean, is not the worst thing that could have possibly he – could, he could have chosen as an outfit choice, right? No. I mean – And it's taking jabs. I mean, it, it's something that's tongue-in-cheek and, yeah. We're, we're just well, that's the whole about thing about it. I mean, you know, there's uh, – the, the NFL put out a memo that says you cannot, uh, you know, in any way, shape, or form uh, reprimand or put down a, a referee or something. I don't see that as being anything like that. To me, it's simply having some fun. And, I, and I'm not a big Jerry Jones fan, okay? So I just put that out there. But to me, I see this just simply as being a little bit too uh, – I don't know, uh, you know, coming down on the, on the fun in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's, like, it's a joke. He, he he's not he's not going down and publicly berating referees, you know, all the time. He's not going out there and you know causing controversy. He'll bring he'll bring up an issue just like any other right. Either owner, GM, coach would if a call doesn't go your way in a, in the matter of a game. But he has not gone out of his way to express that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like one of those things that's been talked about in the moment of. And so to have that joke, I thought thought it was masterful trollsmanship, um, (laughs) if anything else. What is uh, trolling? I don't get trolling. Can you explain that to me? So trolling, and I'm sure Wes, who is uh, a decade younger than me, can also explain (laughs) this a little bit better. So Wes – (laughs) <laughs> you will be my cross-reference for this, it's, bud. It's Wolf. It's someone who's just trying to get under your skin or get you fired up regardless. They'll say something nonsensical. They'll post something nonsensical, not because they believe in it, in it or truly think it's true or anything, just to just to get you fired. It's someone who's just trying to get under your skin by any means possible. So you could yeah. say that Jerry Jones was trolling, right? Yes. 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 Maybe from that. Okay, so big like Wolf, if, if Wolf, if somebody uh, you know called you and was like, hey, Caliente pizza stinks, man. I mean, I've never had any pizza in my life worse than Caliente. How do you enjoy that stuff? It's not even pizza. I'd rather have Little Caesars pizza, pizza. You know that that would be. And an I example would tell him, you go ahead, eat that that Little Caesars, because I will eat Caliente's baby, and that means there's more for me. <laughs> but but you also see he elicited a response from oh, you immediately. Oh, so I failed the test already. And that's when Wolf, you'll yeah. hear you'll hear people say, "Don't feed the trolls." Right? Uh, that means that means okay. just ignore yeah. them, just let them scream into the void by themselves oh wow yeah. i was totally off on that yeah no so but but here we go practical application there see so hey so max that's i-y-k y-k yeah yeah if hey. you know you know i, I know y- that one there, yes yes he got it Success. he passed that test 50 percent on wolf right now well, there we go we're <laughs> half and halves hey you know what it no that's not is that a passing grade 50 <laughs> Mm. I used to celebrate C pluses. It's a heck of a batting yeah. average if you're in the World Series right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, that's true. That is true. That is true. And also, let's face it: when you're when you're doing like uh, testing for uh, for any type of sicknesses or anything, 
I'll take a 50%. That means I have a shot that I don't have it, okay? <laughs> so we're good. Uh, <laughs> boy, did we, boy, did we just, like, totally go downhill on that one. <laughs> we did. But you learned a lesson, Wolf. It's also a teaching show. No, yes. It's also a teaching show. I've learned. Show. I yeah. have learned. There's no doubt so, about it. So, yeah, so we, we've learned. You learned what a troll was, and you've experienced trolling. And and we we've seen that you are susceptible to trolling. Um. <laughs> exactly. So now think about yeah. this, Max. You got the guys are taking off tonight because you've got uh, what uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. Four, four days day mandatory. Yeah, arrest. mandatory four days. Uh, which you know when they first came out in, in with the buys. First of all, did you realize the buys started around 1960? I didn't know wow, that. I didn't know yeah, that. it started wow. in 1960, and what happened was they had like 13 teams, so they had an odd number. So they to schedule th- work out correctly, they added bye weeks, and then they went uh, in 1966 was the last year that they had them, and then they uh, you know pulled the bye week, and then they put it back in in 1990, just so that you know. In the 1990, oh. yeah, in 19, I so I I was in Minnesota when the bye week was reinstituted in 1990, all right, from my 11th year in the league. And what was so great was, and at that time, they didn't have rules that you got to have four days consecutive off. But Jerry Burns gave us off, and I remember coming back, flew back to Pittsburgh with my family to have Thanksgiving because it was during the Thanksgiving week. And you talk about having a week off, it was splendiferous. To be at home, in my own home, in my own bed, you know, not in Minnesota. Oh, was that a great one. And then in in 1993, I think it was, they had a two-week bye. They did it for one year. And that, you know, two weeks and then 18 weeks, that's a long season. That was pushing the the Super Bowl back into, like, March, you know. And so that, that, that ended after one year. Wow. Well, I definitely didn't know that. All I know is I got one every year that I was in the league. So thank you, Wolf. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yeah. So I was appreciative of the buy. I couldn't wait for the buy. And, you know, now it's a mandatory four days off. Because usually we used to take Monday off and then we come in like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Right. Uh, was how it used to be. But now they made it the four straight um, consecutive days, which changes that a little bit. Which, I mean, hey, not the worst thing in the world. Um, wonder if you'll see some guys on sidelines at their schools because of that. Right, um, right. For some big games coming up this weekend. See, I, where the, I think getting away from football is more important, don't you? Yeah, but Georgia, Tennessee is this weekend, Wolf. Oh. I mean, that's, a, that's a huge game. So, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if I see George Pickens down there at UGA at Sanford Stadium on Saturday on the sidelines watching his boys go at it. I uh, should have been know, number one versus number three. You know, if uh, I would have had that, I would have had Syracuse and Wagner. I'd have been on the sidelines there, baby. There's that's Syracuse a win. is here in Pittsburgh this weekend. Wolf. I know it. I know it. But you know what oh. I'm doing this weekend? I'm going up to Nemecolin Woodlands there because I got a rep, I got a referee, or I'm sorry, I got an interview, uh, Santonio <laughs> and uh, Terrell Edmonds. You know, ah, aha, uh-huh. yes. There so we I, go. it's a working and weekend. Refereeing between between an offensive guy and a defensive guy. Gotcha. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, really. Are you wearing the glasses and bringing the cane? <laughs> gonna, That's the question. 
That's the question. Oh, Wolf. that would that'd be hilarious. I should wear I should wear a, a zebra shirt with sunglasses and a walking cane out on the stage. Only I would probably get fined by the NFL. Exactly. Well, then again, you tell them I'm on radio, so they don't see me anyway. So oh, that's good. true. <laughs> yeah. I wore these glasses so you wouldn't see me pull like, uh, was it Big Daddy, uh, Adam yep. Sandler movie? These are my invisibility glasses. <laughs> my invisibility glasses. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, we're going to get invisible real fast. Yeah, we'll there take you a go. break one more time. But I do want to make sure everybody knows, hey, you can like and subscribe this show and all of our other shows by going on the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you get podcasts. And you can download our shows, listen to them, or subscribe to them. We, we love all three. Prefer the third, but we'll definitely take the other two. Um, <laughs> so if you get a chance, go ahead, check it out. We're all there, and our entire SNR lineup is there from the Blitz, the Standard, the Godfather, Steelers Weekend Review with Johnny Euler. Um, that, that's Wes's uh, alter ego. Um, and also the Game Day bo- co- Podcast with uh, Bob Labriola and Mike Tomlin, which drops every game day. So you won't get one this weekend, but you get one next week for the saints um we're gonna step aside get invisible maybe maybe go but maybe go get laser vision uh correction surgery in the, in the break so that we can see th- see it through on the bell lap here in the locker room with wolf and starks on snr and espn radio This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett, shotgun snap, throws that pass to Fryermuth. And over the middle, the Muth gets the first down. Taking a defender inside the 25 all the way to the 21-yard line for 17 yards for the second-year man out of Penn State. Uh, you know what, Max? Bill Cowher is saying that I'm worried about his confidence. Um, I'm not worried about Kenny's confidence. I got to tell you truthfully, you know, I watched as a young man, and we, you and I were both, you know, keeping a, both eyeballs peeled on the dude. I look at this guy, and it, it, to me, I, I'm just simply, this guy, you know, well, people worried about his age, all right, 24. And I'm thinking, 24 means, you know what, you, you're experienced. You're a little more mature. You're able to handle some of the stuff. 23, whatever it was when he came in. The fact is, you got that fifth-year senior thing going on. That's a good thing. And I think that's what holds him in here now. Even when you take a beat down like he just took, six sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Yeah, that's a lot. That, um, you know, that that's wait As Howard Mudd, the old line coach for the Cleveland Browns, once said, watching a a sack when two guys pulverize his quarterback. And I remember one of my buddies, Ted Peterson, at that time played for the Browns. And he said, he shut the projector off and he said, it's a little too much heat, man. <laughs> yeah, there's a little too much heat, such as it was this last weekend in Philly. But I'm not worried about his confidence. I think this kid has got, he's got a strong, strong will to win. No, I, I, I'm completely with you, Wolf. I think Kenny is a little bit, Uh, of an outlier because like you said the age bodes well in his favor and he has a better sense of self versus a lot of rookies coming into the league and he knew what the assignment was I mean it's not like he hasn't been watching you know the Steelers for the last couple of years because he's been right next door right (laughs) and 
I'm sure has watched a game or two on a Sunday, um, you know, to get to this point. So he understands that it's, it's not easy to win. And, but he, he's also aware of what the standard is for the Steelers because he's been around it the last number of years. So, yeah, it's a frustration um, for him to come in and obviously not continue that standard uh, of excellence that the Steelers have kind of set the bar for. And, you know, he, want, he wants to be good. He wants to be great. And he was also a guy who was, who was mentored under Mark Whipple, you know, his last right. couple years. So a guy who's very familiar with the Steelers and very familiar with a guy being a rookie quarterback um, and Ben Roethlisberger, the last rookie quarterback we had really um, for this team. We've had other rookies play, but, you know, it, it's it's something that I'm encouraged by him because I think he has – I am too. I got to say Dare I say it? Yeah. Steely resolve. Yes. Is that okay to say? That okay instead to say? of Steely McBeam, Steely yes. resolve. <laughs> Steely Resolve. Um, he, he's, he's the other mascot that we don't bring out. Um, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's a very mature young man. And I like that. And he has a very business-like approach to how he does things and how he speaks to the media. And that's what you want. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Um, you know, but I'm sure there is a frustration internally for him, right? Right. When you think about how many interceptions you've thrown to touchdowns, that's not that. That's something he didn't. He didn't have that at Pitt. I mean, the guy was a Heisman finalist for right. God's sakes. So he has a high excellence standard for himself, and so you want to come uh, into this with everything in your favor. And hopefully, I think this this week off, a chance to recharge and kind of reset, um, will will renew him uh, enough that he'll you know he'll start he'll start to catch the rhythm. And I think that's the good thing is when you have that extra week off like you do with a bye week and where it comes, you can reset. And you can come out of the bye and come hard charging in the opposite direction. Yes, we, we, we spiraled down to where we're at right now, but you but just as fast as you can drop is just as fast as you can ride. It's like the Hollywood uh, Tower of Terror ride at Disney. Oh, is that a good one? That is really That's a cool. Great one. That, oh, I love that ride. Oh, man, that just, you know, your heart gets up in your throat like r- right away. That drop, man, yeah. it's like, whoo. Yeah, no, it, it, it's fun. And, and my daughters, I've been trying to get them a little bit. My, 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 my youngest, she'll go on it now. Quincy, okay. Quincy loves going. She hated it about a year and a half ago. <laughs> but now she loves it. We go to Disneyland, and it's now the Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah. um, ride. But she used to hate it. Now she loves it. Now my oldest, who is a thrill ride junkie, she won't go on it. But – you know, Waverly like, won't like, go on that. No, but she'll go on every other crazy roller coaster and drop ride there is. She can't. She can't do it for some reason. She can't do the Tower of Terror. I don't. I don't no get kidding. it. Wow, that kind of blows yeah, me it, away. You'd think it. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. She, she and she's fearless. That's that's the one thing. So, but that that's her limit. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well, at least you know where your edge is, sweetie. Yeah. I was worried. You know, I saw this thing the other day. On, I think it was on Sports Center. Put it out, and there was a guy that was doing a zip line off of a, a guy in a flying squirrel outfit where he's holding onto a bar, they jump off a cliff, and then he gets passed off to another guy in a flying squirrel suit. Are you kidding that me? That he lands in on his knees, and then he parachutes off of them. Oh, my heavens. That's ridiculous. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, first of all, that is the ultimate trust exercise, and I don't know if I could find two other people that I trust enough 
to even think about that. Like that's how far <laughs> removed it is. Because there's one thing to trust someone, but then when you actually put your physical life on the line with that person, like, yeah, I just no, no, we're not, we're not even gonna get there. No, no, that's it that's not gonna happen. Oh my goodness, Mm-mm. and that 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 to, twin, uh, the tower ride. Okay, that yeah. you know what's eerie about that is that there's when you go up, you know that feeling like. You know, you can't yeah. see movement, and you don't know when the drop is going to happen. It just happens. Yes. And then all of yeah. a sudden it's like, wahoo, look out. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and I, and I, I, like, I like my, uh, my, my that, that pit of the stomach feeling, you know. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that feeling. It really gets you, gets you going. Wait, wait but, till um, you get in your 60s, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Um, is that my stomach will turn one day, but, uh, but you know what? Well, this has been a good show today. I was so glad we got the Wexinator on, yes. um, to talk. And of course, even though everybody else will be taking off, we're not taking off cause we'll be here tomorrow. You know it. So don't miss it. And if you missed any of our show, feel free to go on Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app or wherever else you get your podcast and download this and all of our other shows. I've talked about them at nauseum and i want to make sure that we all know where you can go find them it's the standard with tom and jacob it is the blitz with wes and Motes. it is also the godfather who will be dropping a new podcast tomorrow he dropped one yesterday now he's dropping one tomorrow steelers week in review with our good friend wesley viper euler pitch to um, johnny you can't pitch to johnny i'm johnny Oh, we're coming at you, Johnny. That's right. 22 toss sweep. We're coming right at you, bud. <laughs> uh, so feel free to go catch all of that and, and much more of our SNR lineup. You can catch it there. We appreciate you guys tuning in today. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat channel, same bat time, to be in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.